0: This is a Federal News Network podcast
1: federal inspectors general are vital conduits to let Congress and the rest of us know when agencies or public officials have taken a wrong turn. But their work is quite a bit less useful when no one can read it. The House has included several measures intended to increase IG transparency in its versions of the 2023 appropriations bills, many of them at the urging of the project on government oversight. Joanna Derman is a policy analyst at Pogo. She talked with Federal News Network's Jared Serbu about some of those recommendations.
0: You know, I think there are really three reforms that are laid out in these appropriations bills as far as IG transparency goes. And the first um, I'll walk you through has to do with um, inspectors general report transparency. And to start here, it's important to understand that while most IGs are statutorily required to publish their work, There's a carve out in the current law that states that IG reports should not be posted if their publication would raise concerns regarding things like classification, national security concerns, or privacy. Um, Unfortunately, this means that even the existence of some IG reports is hidden from the public. And so what this reform would do would direct the inspector's general oversight body um, to publish a public facing list of IG reports which would, of course, contribute to a more effective and accountable federal government that's ultimately responsible to the American taxpayer. And this leads into the second point, the second reform that I wanted to touch on, which is that of these offices of inspectors general that are not required to issue their reports um, is the Capitol Police. And this is honestly quite baffling from an oversight perspective Um, now more than ever, especially in the wake of the January 6th insurrection. At the very least, I think that the Capitol Police IG should tell the public that their reports exist. (laughs) Um, And if the IG uh, at the Department of Defense can provide that kind of basic level of transparency into their IG operations, there's really no reason why the Capitol Police IG shouldn't be held to the same standard. Um, and then the last thing uh, that we outlined here in this analysis piece has to do with addressing gaps in legislative inspectors general coverage. And so what's important to understand here is that many legislative branch agencies don't actually have their own inspectors general. This, of course, means that these offices are ultimately ill-equipped to examine waste, fraud, and abuse. Um, so what this reform would do would require the GAO, the Government Accountability Office, to issue a report examining the gaps in independent oversight within the legislative branch IG system.
1: The Capitol Police one seems like a really strange anomaly. I'm just curious if you have any insight into the reasoning behind that. Is it, was it just an oversight in the statute or was there some specific carve out where there's some rationale for them not having to publish?
0: So the uh, POGO um, got a response to this, actually. They they claim that they are unable to issue their reports, or at least um, a list of their existing reports, um, because of the a directive that they received from the body that they report to within um, the Capitol Police reporting structure. Um, there's no reason why they should have to, why that directive should have been passed down. Um, it's all still a little bit mercurial and a bit of a mystery As to what the rationale behind that decision. Um, But at the end of the day, it's just really important. To, to point out that, you know, we've seen the consequences of not having these types of reports and not having the, the kind of transparency that accompany them um, with January 6. And so in order to not repeat that kind of uh, horrific event, it's incredibly important that we have this kind of information at hand and that Congress is able to conduct appropriate oversight.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that it, at minimum, a list of the reports that exist, the point that you made earlier is, is super, super important because the point that you guys make in your piece is if, if the public at least has access to that information, they can FOIA these reports and get at least part of them because almost every report that's ever been written is releasable, at least partially or in some form.
0: Yeah, you make a really good point. I mean, if members of Congress are requesting these reports, there's a high likelihood that they're going to be getting that they're going to receive them uh, in an expeditious manner and there's also um, the opportunity for groups like Pogo like other organizations that are interested in government oversight to like you said FOIA for these reports so that we have at least a channel for receiving this information.
1: And I guess the only other thing I'll I'll foot stomp there is like Some agencies or some IGs have shown that this can be done. Some will actually treat every report as though it's been FOIA'd and do proactive disclosure and do the redactions without anybody without anybody even having to ask. Of course, I guess we don't know for sure that they're doing that with every single report without the list that you're asking for, which is why the list would be important. Um,
0: Yeah, but absolutely. I mean, you make a good point insofar as we've seen what federal agencies are capable of doing. They're capable of being candid. They're capable of reporting this kind of information. We just are worried and concerned about the agencies that are not doing that.
1: Let me let me go back to one of the other recommendations that you have that's not directly related to transparency, but is Related to strengthening the sort of oversight body that you mentioned, the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency or SIGI. I guess I didn't realize that they operated on essentially a pass the hat funding approach. Um, talk, talk with us about some of the problems that creates and what you think needs to be done there
0: yeah absolutely you know i think a lot of people find uh this to be a surprising funding mechanism than when they first encounter it so uh right now the council of inspectors general uh, for integrity and efficiency like you mentioned known as CIGI, um relies on the voluntary contributions from their you know 70 plus component inspector general member offices um this means that SIGI is often unsure of its top line budget um, into you know a pretty far um, a few months into the fiscal year, and what that means is that it's really limited in so far as um, long-term strategic planning. Um, so you know the existing funding model is very flawed. We think that a direct congressional appropriation to SIGI would really translate to, you know, bolstering Siggy's ability to conduct the kind of robust and comprehensive oversight that we're looking for.
1: And for our listeners, would you just remind us what that oversight function that Siggy plays is? Because they, they've got a few different hats, really only one of which is oversight. What, what ideally should they be doing in that oversight area?
0: Well, I think it's important to step back and realize that SIGI is really um, best understood as the the entity that is the the watchdog for the watchdogs, right? So it is uh, um, supposed to to monitor and oversee the health um, of the inspector's general system. And so one big component of this is um, taking charge of investigations into allegations of misconduct by IGs and their senior staff. Uh, and we've seen, you know, on on the whole while uh inspectors general are, you know, the cream of the crop when it comes to um doing their job of ensuring that there is very little and or no fraud, waste or abuse in the federal agent in the federal system. Um there are there are some instances where that is simply not the case and so Siggy is the um, last line of defense uh, to protect against that kind of misconduct.
1: And Joanna, I guess just bring us home by bringing us up to speed on where all these recommendations stand. I guess the good news is I think everything that we've talked about has made it into legislation on the House side, at least. Is that right?
0: So I mean we're talking about a handful uh, a number of recommendations here um uh, the the ones that we've talked about in this conversation are at least in one of the two appropriations bills that we saw um come down through the Senate and or the House um it's really going to come down to um how these bills are reconciled though and really juries out insofar as when, when that is going to happen. We have a, a looming CR on the horizon. Uh, I really would not be surprised if it if that CR takes us to the end of the year. Uh, and so we're kind of in limbo as far as appropriations go. But I have, uh, I am hopeful that at least some of this language will make it in. And I really, really think that um, lawmakers need to start to prioritize oversight of uh, inspectors general uh, and give this issue the attention that it deserves.
1: That's Joanna Durman, a policy analyst at at the project on government oversight talking with federal news network's jared serbu we'll post a link to pogo's latest update on their government transparency recommendations at federalnewsnetwork.com